Hey guys, Ballistic Strength Radio is the only podcast dedicated to kettlebell sport and is 100% commercial free and is brought to you completely free of charge. So if you appreciate the show, please show your appreciation by subscribing to the Ballistic Strength Radio podcast on iTunes, as well as leaving a positive comment and a five-star rating. Guys, five-star ratings not only boost the show's iTunes ranking, but they also boost its exposure, which means it boosts the exposure and popularity of kettlebell sport. Please pause the episode now and head on over to iTunes to leave some positive feedback. Thanks, guys. Carissa Siverot. Her Twitter page describes her as a personal trainer, kettlebell instructor, fitness fanatic, health foodie, and Vancouver Island native. Her page also describes her as a runner, but Carissa confided to me that she has since defected from the running community and now prefers kettlebell sport as her primary means of physical conditioning. I first saw Carissa compete at the 2014 Victoria Kettlebell Sport Classic, where she displayed tremendous skill and determination, and since then has shown herself to be a legitimate contender in the 68kg women's amateur division. As a coach and fitness enthusiast, Carissa encourages others to set simple strength and performance goals for cultivating lifelong health and happiness, though she doesn't deny taking the time to get her pump on either. In less than one month, on Sunday, March 6th, at the Island Center of Excellence Hockey and Fitness Facility in Colwood, BC, Carissa will be hosting her first in-house kettlebell meet of the year. Events will include 10- and 5-minute derivations of the Long Cycle, Snatch, Biathlon, and Jerk. This is a charity event, with proceeds going to the Goldstream Food Bank. You can find out more about Carissa by visiting her website at www.comeworkitout.com and by checking out her many videos and kettlebell and workout challenges at her YouTube channel, which is www.youtube.com slash user slash comeworkitout. In this interview, we cover a broad range of topics from how Carissa got into training with kettlebells, when she started competing, how her business materialized, what sorts of challenges coaches face in the internet age, and the importance of setting realistic and maintainable goals. You can find the entire Ballistic Strength Radio catalog at www.ballisticstrengthnanaimo.com and click the Team Canada tab for a full rundown of the 2015 roster. Okay, so I'm joined by, okay, now you have to tell me because I don't know how to pronounce your last name. Carissa Siverot. Si- it is Siverot. Well, you know I, what? I thought it was like a soft kind of ethnic Sivero. Uh, well, my mom says Sivero, but it's av- actually uh, Ukrainian, so it used to be Sivrotka. So I'm, I believe oh. it's a sharp You changed ending. your name? Are you trying yeah. to hide something? I'm trying to, I should go back, though. 
Carissa Sivrodka, kettlebell instructor. It sounds pretty good. So you're Ukrainian by descent. Yes. So you've got kettlebell in your blood, probably. Probably. Do yeah, uh, any of your do any of your relatives? Do they a do they know what a kettlebell is, and b have they ever um, participated? Only know because of me, but not that I know of. If they've ever participated <laughs> in a kettlebell class or sport. Yeah. yeah. Do you uh, do you and Slava talk? No, I don't know any Ukrainian. No. <laughs> it's a little bit, yeah, it's further back. You guys don't share stories about the homeland? No, I've never been. <laughs> never been? <laughs> never been. Is that on the bucket list? Uh, yeah, I would like to go someday. Yeah. My, my dad's side is from Lithuania, and, and that's in the area like Eastern Europe. I've been there once, but that was like in 1992. Do you remember? Yeah, I remember some stuff, but... Oh. Uh, well, I remember soldiers with like AK-47 standing around. Jeez. Yeah. So, um, but I w- it would be really nice to go back there because they they're uh, they're pretty active in kettlebells too. Yeah. Latvia, all those guys. But they bought brought a big team to the worlds, didn't they? Well, you know, it didn't seem that big. No? Yeah. They had a fair number of lifters, and um, looking at the numbers uh, in past competition, they've been pretty. I don't want to say dominant, but they've been pretty talented pretty mm-hmm. talented group but uh to be honest it, it seemed like uh it was a little thin yeah this past world competition. you should go over and train at their gym yeah maybe yeah yeah maybe i could teach him a yeah, few things sure, totally. yeah i don't think so <laughs> not based from, on straight t- from canada <laughs> not based on today's performance huh. so uh where are we exactly uh we are at the ice center in colwood uh just off wilford road um, and this is where I run my gym out of as well, Work It Out Fitness. Um, and so I run kettlebell classes, yoga classes, I do personal training, boot camps, everything basically. The whole yeah. shebang. The whole shebang. How'd you find this location itself? How'd you, you know? Um, through my brother actually. Um, my brother played hockey here. Um, and then I connected with the owner. Uh, I did classes out of here for about four months moved elsewhere and then just because they had known me the other guy personal trainer that took over this gym manager decided to come and contact me and kind of uh showed me the gym and i was impressed and made me a good deal and this is where i am now is this all the original equipment or did you have any say in uh, curating some of the um, equipment so um i brought equipment as well so i brought all those kettlebells um the bars the bumper plates racks the adjustable racks equalizer bars fans and stuff but other than that like the squat racks and all the benches and free weights and dumbbells and stuff like that and the rig and the rig yeah this whole rack is is theirs so okay what they have for plates before the um they have those old school plates you can see up right on the wall oh okay yeah all right um and but you teach uh, kettlebells elsewhere as well. Mm, only here now. Just here. January. So yeah. this is like home base. For January you now. is this is my new home base. Yeah. Okay. And tell me yeah. about your 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 business. About my business. Your business. How did this start? And and uh, maybe you could uh, give us a little bit of insight into why it started. Mm, yeah. Okay. Well, it was a little bit of an accident. Um, I wanted to get hire a personal trainer. And then I thought, why not learn how to train myself? Um, when I looked at the prices to hire a personal trainer, I thought, 
all right, well, how much does it cost to teach myself? <laughs> so, yeah. um, so then I went to school to learn more about, uh, well, I went through a BCRPA training. Um, and then I connected just because, you know, people talk about what you're doing. My cousin connected me to someone else, so I ended up running boot camps um, for someone else as a side job on the job that I already had. Once I finished school, it, I realized that my degree wasn't really taking me anywhere closer to where I wanted to be. And what's your degree? Career-wise. Uh, anthropology. That's unique. Yeah, you know, I enjoyed the study, but uh, is it going to get me a career? Not really likely unless I go further with it. Does uh, that help you in your life coaching, the anthropology? Um, you can tell people that uh, the etiology of why they do well, things wrong. <laughs> well, maybe. Posture. Um, yeah, no, uh, I don't really use much anthropology. No. Um, physical anthropology. Yeah, we start, studied bone structure and stuff, but okay. other than that, um, don't really use it much. Um, and yeah, I don't know. And then my uncle wanted me to teach kettlebells and I'd taken a couple kettlebell classes in my first kettlebell class. I could barely sit down for three days. Um, and hard style is my, my roots are in hard, hard style. Um, and I thought, I'm like, I'm not going to teach this class unless I get certified and I learn more about it. So I did six months of intensive training with the kettlebell and went over to Vancouver, certified through Agatsu. Okay. Um, and then came back and started teaching a few classes. And then the next thing you know, all of a sudden I was running a business. <laughs> um, yeah. And so it's just kind of grown from there. I've just been kind of taking it month by month, year by year. And this is where I am now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you have any ex, um, experience with any other kettlebell courses, workshops, or certifications? Yeah, I've been to, I went to the OKC one in Vancouver a few years ago. Um, when I went down to San Francisco last year, we did a day seminar after that. Um, what else have I taken? I've done some mobility seminars that the, uh, they also teach a little bit about kettlebells. Agatsu has some mobility seminars and they use kettlebells in those as well but yeah i'm looking forward just to learn more and more yeah um what would you take away from the agatsu course what do did i take away now i mean so you went in with a little bit of previous experience yeah so i train i did six months of hard style training with another trainer okay uh and then i went in and, took and what were they certified in they were certified in uh, rkc okay yeah so you, the, you got the 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 OG. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of actually where I wanted to go uh, to be certified. But at that time, there was nothing close to where I lived. So I just went to Vancouver. That was the closest. Yeah. And place. the Igatsu one probably would have been more um, economically feasible. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Nearly half price, maybe? Both in travel and Plus, cost for the seminar. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you learn the basics. Um, nothing really about sport. Um, but the swing... The clean, the press, windmill, all that stuff. When you went into that uh, course, was kettlebell sport on your mind? Was it, you know, on the radar at all? Not, not at all. Okay. Didn't, didn't even think Have about you it. Even, had you even really heard of it at that point? Not, no. no. Yeah. It was kind of the no. same with me when I took uh, the Agatsu for the first time. Well, I mean, I started trying to find information online, right? And so you'll run across some of the... Uh, kettlebell sport videos on YouTube, which even at the time that I did it, which was, I guess, still fairly kind of late in the genesis of kettlebell sport in America. It was like 2011, yeah. I guess. 
Um, still not really a whole lot. There was some ice chamber stuff on there, and so I started watching that. But really, the kettlebell sport kind of angle wasn't really... I didn't get it. No, me neither. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think Sean really talks about it at all in the level one. Mm-mm. Yeah, but then when you do level two, there's like a snatch test and a jerk test. Have you done the level two? Yeah, I, okay. I did it and I failed so it. Where did you? <laughs> where did you go for that? Toronto. Toronto. Okay, yeah. that's the, for, the, for the me, thing that, that held me back is the fact that I had to travel that far to do. That's right. But yeah, I remember because the the year that I did the level two, I think that was maybe the second one that he was either offering that year or that he'd ever offered. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, they're very little. They offer a lot of level one, but level two, it's, you know, Ottawa, Toronto. Yeah. And it's maybe one or two in a year. That inspired me, like, because when I went back for my recert, because I did, you have to recertify every two years. Right. Um, it's just, you know, how he says, you guys are going to come back here in two years and still not know how to do a pistol squat. <laughs> so I took that on as a challenge because that's part of level two, right? You have to do your pistol squats. You have to do a certain number of pull-ups and... Yeah, um, pull-up tests, pistol squats, which is 10 per leg, as I recall. Yeah. Um, incidentally, everyone who was at the course with me all passed the pistol test, um, but overall failed the course. So that's kind of interesting. If, if anyone listening is thinking about doing a level two and is like, oh, I don't know about those pistols, the pistols aren't the hard part. Okay. Um, especially if you do a little bit of training beforehand and you, and you do some progression type stuff. Um, but, uh, actually when we did the course, we were, um, he took us to this park where we're, we're doing a bunch of drills and stuff. And, uh, so we were on grass and we did, uh, one or two of the tests on grass. And, and so he's like, okay, we're going to do the pistol test. And I was like, can we find like flat grass yeah, totally right <laughs> to do <here>. this? He's <laughs> like, that's fair. <laughs> so we went over to like this paved area. Um, but and yeah, you put on your lifting shoes and... Um, <laughs> you know, I don't think I even owned lifting shoes at that point. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, there's the pistol test, pull-up test. There's a ring push-up test. Uh, jerk test, snatch test. Hmm. That might be it. Yeah. I didn't find that we learned a lot about the jerk in level one. That's the thing. There wasn't... I, I think there was a sense that you kind of had to be really into training on your own and before you take the, took the level mm-hmm. two. But, I mean, that was the really difficult part because there weren't really any resources for that. Yeah. And even still, um, I mean, Sean's a great teacher, but he's not putting out a whole lot of kettlebell stuff. No. Um, especially right now, uh, he's really into uh, hand balancing and, and definitely really working the mobility angle. But, I mean, for those of us who took the level one and even the level two who want to improve our kettlebell uh you know, skill, there's, he's, yeah. you know, he, I kind he, of felt left in the yeah. cold. Focuses, the focus is on movement, which is, it's great, but, you know, I've, I didn't practice a jerk for many years because mm. I did not know what I was doing. Yeah. Felt really uncoordinated. It's like I could see someone do it on a video and then try to get my body to, to go through that movement and <laughs> put it all together. And But the timing, that was just not, yeah. And so right now, would you consider snatch or jerk to be your better lift? Um, I progress faster in the jerk. Okay. Uh, I think it's because, um, I'm strong. Um, but I like the snatch better. The snatch feels better on, on my body. Yeah. I just, you know, I you're, agree. You're, you're moving with it. It feels good. It's like, 
Yeah, it's kind of like you're dancing a bit. Yeah, <laughs> it's fluid. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, as long as you're not like in competition and you're kind of worried about your training up to that point, yeah. it's, a, it's a pretty relaxed lift. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of the idea. Um, but uh, yeah, so when I, t- I took the level two, actually maybe even in, in the level one, I think Sean may have mentioned that the jerk is like one of the hardest ones to teach mm-hmm. because of that whole dip factor, first dip, second dip. Um, and so it's really difficult to kind of nail down how to do that sequence and how to get that technique. But then, uh, like you said, you feel like your jerk progresses faster. Um, and that may very well be because you're just, uh, an overall absolute stronger lifter, mm-hmm. but, uh, I feel like it's it's one of those lifts that once you kind of figure out that part, you get over that hump mm-hmm. of that that technical thing at the beginning. Yeah. Then it it almost surpasses the snatch in terms of, you know, being a better lift per yeah. se. But I mean, the snatch has its technical aspects as well. Yeah. So. I mean, I feel like it's you learn one thing with the snatch and you feel like you get it, and then next thing there's a next thing to learn on to, to work on. Yeah. It's like it's never ending with the snatch. It's like okay, I got it. No, I don't. No, I don't. Well, when you all, it, it seems so. for me, anyways, it seems like uh, I'm always kind of either going back and forth between a couple different styles and always looking for just a better way to do it. And then when you jump up and wait too, it's like it kind of puts you know, really highlights what you need to work on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, little mistakes that you may have gotten with away with before are now really yeah. illuminated and yeah. it's like, okay, I've got to change this slightly. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm always kind of going back and forth between techniques. I feel like I've, I'm, I'm pretty much got it narrowed down to what I want it to be, but there are days. Yeah, for sure. And that's yeah. kind of hard to tell yeah. if you're just tired one day and, yeah. and maybe that's why you didn't do well or is it the technique and yeah. So, because it takes time struggle. too, right? You got you, you introduce a new technique, but you need to practice it for a while. It's not just you practice it for a couple of weeks and say, yeah. "Oh, that wasn't for me." It's like you need to let it become oh, yeah. a part of every single rep, and then there's the grip endurance and all that that goes with it that you need to work on too. So, well, it's it's amazing when I look back back retrospectively at um, when I took the certifications, is that I've learned so much more about. Um, you know, kettlebells in the time after I did the certifications then compared before. to now. Because yeah. now I, I, I do the sport, so I train for the sport, and you learn so much just by doing. And, um, I mean, it's the same with uh, just a, like a generic trainer certificate as well. I mean, you, you know, you might get out of school. Maybe you have, you know, your, your kinesiology degree, but you're still really green. And then you go do like a BCRPA or something and you're, and you're like, okay, I, I know all the stuff. I've got it now. Yeah. But you learn so much more after the fact yeah. in just actually training people day to day and training yourself from Experience, that point. Yeah. And all the other stuff that you add on to it, yeah. you know, you, you pick up a little bit of powerlifting here, a little bit of Olympic lifting there and it, and you get more perspective. Um, so, I mean, looking back now, at the certifications, do you think they even really helped you out that much? I think they're what I needed at the time. You know, I feel like, I feel like it was, yeah, all I needed at the time. I don't think I would have been ready for jumping into sports style right away. Like, you know, you need to master that hip hinge pattern. And, Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if I would have fallen in love with the sport if it was, I had to learn the sport right away, right? Like, like there's so many aspects you need to work on. 
Whereas the hard style, it's pretty simple. You know, you get that hip hinge pattern down and you can do any sort of swing, right? It's, it, well, um, yeah, it's central to so much. I yeah. still have a, a big affinity for that, for the hard style swing. Yeah. Um, I don't find that I teach it so much now anymore. And as, uh, with beginners, I find that if I want to teach them kettlebells, I actually start them off with the club bells. Okay. Just because they're so much more awkward. Yeah. Um, and Make I get them, them feel as comfortable, uncomfortable as possible. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Don't like so, awkward. so they know, and I know <laughs> when they're doing it wrong because yeah. it's, it's so obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so is that with one arm then club bell? You have to, I'll usually start them with two bells. Two? Yeah. yeah. Just one on either side. Yeah. Narrow stance. And then on either side. Yeah. On either side. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just find that works well. Um, get them practicing sitting back in that start position. Um, cause the, in the trick with one kettlebell swinging between the legs, it's, it's so, um, it kind of puts you in that position where you kind of, if you're not used to it, you want to shrug forward a bit mm -hmm. and it, it's just kind of awkward in that respect. And maybe you end up reaching too far into the backswing. So, I mean, that's why I kind of like things like suitcase lifts and, and yeah. training with the club bells as opposed to the kettlebells. And, uh, but so, okay. So you, you, you trained RKC style, um, and you did the certifications and then you kind of got the kettlebell sport. Now you're training other people. Yeah. Okay. So what is your approach? Do you, do you hit them from the sport angle or do you start them off kind of the way that you learned? Most of my classes are hard style. Um, and then the people who want to learn more, I do have a sports style class on Sundays and then on Wednesdays, we also work a bit on technique as well. And then I go over the sports stuff. I feel like it's pretty overwhelming to walk into a class and, uh, just do the sports stuff right away. And just, I think it's cause I've just been doing my own thing too, right? Like I've been really focusing on growing as an athlete on my own and people are picking up on that and they want to do the same. It's not like I went out there and said, hey, I'm going to teach a sports style class. It was just like, this is what I'm doing. I coached one of my other trainers to do the same thing. Well, she, she got excited too. So her and I were the first ones who did a, a competition in May of 2014. Victoria, so Victoria, the Victoria one. Um, and I was just like, I, I want to do this. This is kind of exciting and see what I can do. Um, and then people got excited about it and asked me about more and slowly it's kind of just grown into, you know, <laughs> 10 to 15 people that are getting excited to, to train with train kettlebell sport style as well. Mm -hmm. Um, when you're training the kettlebell sport classes, uh, do you really just focus on those three main lifts, long cycle, jerk, snatch? Yes. Or do you do a whole you know, some other stuff in there. Um, we will do accessory training. Okay. But I mean, it's just a lot of one arm swing, uh, especially for the snatch, like just really focusing on that and the timing with the one arm swing. Um, and since our class is an hour and 45, two hours sometimes on Sundays, um, it depends on how much technique we go over. Um, so I'll set it up. Sometimes we'll go over, you know, 15, 20 minutes of technique. Sometimes it'll be 45 minutes. So if it's a short technical, uh, class and then we do our actual schedule sets that I program for them um, When we have time after I have them do accessory work as well where they're doing pull-ups or deadlifts with the barbell or yeah mm -hmm. overhead presses or whatever They 
they do you need. have them do yeah. any light um uh technical sets after you even do the uh, accessory work like have them practice their technique while they're tired or mm. even while they're muscularly tired no but their sets kind of set them up for that yeah you know usually the the last set that i have them do is their lightest longest set so they'll start out with their heavier set and then right. you know next down and then their last set will be their longest light set now do they kind of come and go out of the kettlebell sport classes or do you have like a dedicated kettlebell sport group so to speak um yeah we have a pretty so our team name snatch attack so we have our snatch church we call it on sundays <laughs> Um, they've coined it, um, so it's a pretty fun group of people, and it's usually the same group of people, give or take a few, on Sundays, um, and they'll come into regular classes and do their sets as well. So say I'm, I have another class set up, they'll either go to the back or the front, and they'll set up facing the clock, and they'll do their own sports style set. I can't be with them the whole time because it is a class setting mm -hmm. but like I'll come over direct part of the class and then I'll walk over to them and maybe give them a cue like lean back a little more or whatever um, so they have their own programs they work on on their own and a lot of them will do it in class in regular classes okay um, and the people who just kind of mainly do the regular classes yeah. do they ever take those kettlebell sport classes um, a few and I think usually it's by accident <laughs> Okay. <laughs> like I've had people show up like I didn't realize this is what we're gonna be doing yeah you're gonna be snatching for the next two hours um, yeah, how do they feel so, about that? <laughs> so some of them are excited and some of them are like I don't know if I'll come back to this because I think um, the culture of fitness is people just want to go and get a workout um, it's hard to find people who either inspire that passion with them in them or find the people that like they just really want to work on getting better at something mm -hmm. um, rather than just come in and do a workout not like there's anything wrong with just coming in and doing a workout like that's that's great too and it's got health great health and mental benefits but um, the people that actually want to put the time in to, to learn more and progress further in the sport um, it's usually a pretty small group out of, you know, my whole mm -hmm. group of clients. Is the movement selection too simple for the average group who take the regular classes? What do you mean? So for a kettlebell sport, I mean, we're yeah. doing snatch, yeah. jerk, Yeah, I know, it's just, swings, there's not really much, right? Yeah. Cleans, <laughs> right? Everything, and essentially, uh, most if not everything that you're going to do in that, in that, um, that training is going to be with a kettlebell. And you're not going to have the variety of using, you know, dumbbells or TRX or barbells or mm -hmm. med balls or et cetera. Yeah. Um, and I, and uh, a lot of people go to classes for the variety or go to, you know, boot camp sure. style stuff yeah. or just general cross training stuff because of all the different toys, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so is that a deterrent, do you think, for most people? Yeah, When they I look at so. kettlebell sports, like... Yeah. I got to like do the same damn thing for 10 minutes. Are yeah. you kidding me? And then in practice, I'm going to do that for like 30 minutes or something. Well, that was actually, that brings me back to when I was getting trained at Agatsu. So I did mine in 2010. Um, and Sean briefly touched on kettlebell sport, but he's like, oh, it's so boring. He's just like, they're doing the same thing for 10 minutes. So I didn't even like, it just kind of was like in and out of my head. Kettlebell right. sport sounds boring because, um, he said that, but of course that's his opinion. And uh, you learn through life not to really make someone else's opinion your own. Um, so I didn't even look into that because I was like, oh yeah, it's boring. It's 10 minutes of the same thing. But you know, when you're doing it, like 
you have to be present in every single lift. Um, and that's why I like it. It's kind of like uh, I've heard it termed as mo uh, moving meditation. It's just like you're in your own space, you're in your own head, you're thinking about your technique and your breathing and getting into a rhythm and every single every single swing, every single jerk, every single clean, whatever, you got to be right there. Um, I don't know, and that's what I love about it. And that, so even though you are doing the same thing over and over, you're, it's not mindless. It's not, mm -hmm. yeah, it's not like sitting on a bike and reading a book or, right? Like, yeah. Well, great, I'm going to yeah. get the fucking cyclists <laughs> coming at me now. They're well, not like those, I mean, people, yeah, I mean, we're all different. We like different things. So is it any different than going for a run? Uh, yes, well, <laughs> I think. Um, are you talking about me to me personally or to just like the, a weightlifting? Um, I got into running. I enjoyed running for a long time, but it takes a lot for me to get out for a run these days. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I don't really run very much. Um, I like the kettlebell sport stuff, so. Okay. Um, but I find, yeah, I mean, you can still get it the same kind of like mental processes when you're, you're running, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, people love running. I have nothing against it. I don't want to. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I so with running, especially if you're doing so, someone like me who doesn't run long distance as like a primary thing, um, and uh, up until a few years ago, I did do fairly regular 10ks, but I really just stick to 5ks now because for me, for what I do now and the time that I have, uh, I it's not what I usually want to be doing with my time. Yes. So that's why I'll keep it to a 5K and do like, you know, 25 minutes. Yeah. I'll do it because I also want it to improve my sport. Yeah. Right? And improve my conditioning. And for it to be a break from actually picking up any weights. Yes. Because for me, that's really important. Um, and so if possible, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do a 5K every other day. Yeah. Would be my perfect schedule. Um, but... In the same way that with kettlebell sport, like you said, you're you're kind of present in every rep. Mm -hmm. I try to be that way with my running, and so I'm very conscious of the way that I land my foot, uh, conscious of how much pressure I apply when I push off, and things like that. Um, and so that's what I mean when I say, or when I ask you, yeah. you know, do you think it's, do you think it's the same thing? Do you think it's not the same thing? It and this is why I specify like a 5K versus a 10K versus a marathon. Right. I think it depends on the person. And I think that's maybe highlighting the difference between like someone wanting to be better at something and someone going out there for exercise, right? Like yeah. I, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are training for half marathons or 10Ks or whatever that are present in every single step. But um, there's also people that just go out there and they're like, I'm on a run. They got their music going and mm -hmm. just trying to get it done. Um, yeah, I mean, you can get the same, any sort of sport that you want to get better at, I would imagine. Uh, I like to use the rower because yeah. I feel like there I'm present in every stroke as well. Um, it is very hard for me not to lift up weights every single day. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> like I'll go to the gym and I'll warm up. Okay, I'm going to go for a run today and then I'll last 10 minutes and then I'll go pick up some weights or a kettlebell. Um, but or yeah, I know that it would, or a rower, but I know that running does, would really help, uh, kettlebells, my kettlebell training as well. I think the rowing yeah. would be just as good. And yeah. if you'd rather row, I think that's, 
there's nothing wrong with that. And um, I mean, that's and that's what I I would usually do if it was like crappy out and I didn't feel like running in the in the current weather. I'd I'd depending on where I am, I'd go row. Yeah. And that works really well too. And how long do you usually row for at a time? Depends. Um, depends on the day. Sometimes I'm really feeling it, and I'll do interval style, and you know do several Tabatas. Um, sometimes I'll just uh, do a steady state, you know, 10, 15 minutes. Sometimes, yeah, it really depends on how I'm, what I'm feeling that day. I, I'm, I feel like I'm quite an intuitive trainer. I'm not sure if that's a good or a bad thing or athlete. Like, I like to do what feels good for my body that day. Mm-hmm. So even though I have some programming and like I'll follow specific programming with my actual kettlebell sport stuff in the rest of my training, it's like, okay, I'll go and okay, today's my squat day and I'll start squatting. Okay, this feels really good. I'm going to go heavy today. Um, or the same, like on the rower, it's like, okay, this feels really good. I'm going to pull hard and, you know, see how fast or maybe set right, like how a, long I a can quote go. unquote PR that day in yeah. terms of. Yeah. yeah, if you're on the rower and you're like, oh, this is good, and you're 10 minutes in, it's like, well, I've never done 20, and then yeah. you see if you can do 20. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's probably yeah. a good idea. Yeah. Kettlebell sport, the same, too, though. Even my training sometimes, it's like, okay, this feels really good, and I'll push it for that extra extra minute or so aside. Okay, give an example. Yeah. Um, so I did it a lot. Like, I'm just getting into a new program, and uh, so because I'm working with a 20 kg snatch, which is feeling a lot better than it used to. Um, but uh, so I'll, I'll finish, I'll usually finish with either, yeah, like a longer 12K set. Um, sometimes it'll be 16K set. Um, but if I'm really feeling it and I'm getting into like a good pace, it's like sometimes it will be a 12 minute set instead of like this eight or six or eight minutes it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Or I'll just switch it every minute on the minute because I feel like I'm in the zone. And how long do you do that for? Uh, Every minute on the minute. Sometimes it'll be 20 minutes. Yeah. With the 16? Um, I think with the 16, the longest I've done is 16 minutes. Every minute on the minute. But like with the 12K for sure. And so do you I've do done. a requisite number of reps and then set it down? Every minute on the minute? Or, no. Or did you I just sw- keep you switch, switch every minute. Oh, okay. Switching hands. Yeah, multi-hand switch. Right. Yeah. Um, how many of the people in your kettlebell sport class actually compete? Um, about eight. Trying to get more. How often do they compete? Well, I feel like I haven't seen a lot of you guys since 2014 at that May one. But then again, no, there was only two of us at that May one. And then in oh. Vancouver, we had, I believe, six. And then one other person came with me to Edmonton. But it's not, I, I would say like r- on regular competitions, like a lot of people, um, you know, they've got jobs and families and stuff. So what they can dedicate to travel and training, not a lot. There's a lot of people that are excited about it being in Victoria this year. Um, so I'm hoping to have it bring a, a big crew. Um, but yeah, most people competed in Vancouver, a few people in one other person in Edmonton. Um, Seattle, a few people went down to, yeah. So this year we were looking at Victoria in May, Vancouver in April, and then our travel, travel one will probably be Vegas in September or October. So, yeah. Yeah. Vegas is ridiculous. Is it ridiculously good or not good? (laughs) 
Have you been to Vegas at all? Yes. Okay. That's well, then what you it know is. Vegas. Yeah. Um. So is that going to be at the expo? Uh, yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. The expo is cool. Um, I mean, if you like wa- walking through protein farts, but yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's probably what it is, isn't it? So and then the whole see city some pretty pretty like big that. people, hey? Yeah. Yeah, there's some pretty big people. Yeah. Um, Muscularly is what I mean. Yeah, there's some beefcakes there, yeah. though, too. Yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of strongman stuff and powerlifting stuff there cool. going on there. But um, it, was, uh, it, was, it was sort of interesting from our perspective because uh, Rachel and I went down, um, I guess that would have been 2014, 2013, maybe, yeah. when we went to uh, Vegas for uh, the World Cup. Um, because s- still no one had any idea what kettlebell sport was. Yeah. Right. And, uh, even when we go in there and we tell people, oh no, we're here for, uh, we're participating in the kettlebell sport competition. Yeah. Like, what? what are you talking about? Um, people probably were more familiar with like battle of the bars, the guys like swinging on the monkey bars and stuff and doing, you know, cool acrobatic tricks than they were with, uh, with the kettlebell sport people. Yeah. Um, but it was a great experience. And, um, but a lot of people said that it's really distracting because yeah. there's a lot of lights, a lot of commotion, okay. all that stuff. So be prepared. It's good to train in that environment, though, I think. Do you get that a lot you here? Know? Um, yeah. I mean, sometimes there's people walking in. There's people training around us. There's people walking in. Yeah, right. It's just it's a little different yeah, from yeah. Uh, <laughs> like a yeah. giant expo. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you don't have that much distraction going on. But um, I think always be prepared for the worst and then expect the best. Is that the saying? Uh, prepare for the worst. Ex- expect, I don't know. Prepare yeah. for the, expect the best, but prepare for the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I've heard of, you know, those competitions where they don't have enough kettlebells or they're out of chalk or the handles are really rough or, you know, you thought your set was at two and it's actually at one. And so, um, yeah, just well, know that would that definitely expect throw a wrench the unexpected. It. Um, any plans to run your own competition in the future? Uh, well, if it depends. I mean, I like running venue, my right? I like running my in-house events. Those are really fun. Um, we did two last year, and it was just like a it was a great way for people to get up on the platform in kind of a less stressful atmosphere because it's friends and family and people that they train with on a you know weekly basis. Um, so it's pretty cool and inspiring to see. You know, someone that you you know that it was very difficult for them to get up there, and and you know, kettlebell sport you're in front of everybody. It's not like you're on a football field with your whole team running through. It's like you're yep. up there on the platform and you're square. Everybody's looking at you. Um, so, yeah, I really like that, and it's a great opportunity to expose a sport to to other people that don't really know much about it, and you know, a chance for families that maybe wouldn't train over to Vancouver or travel over to Vancouver to watch their, you know, their uh, mate. Do a 10-minute right? set. You know, right, so it's, it's good. I like the in-house stuff. But whether or not I'd run my own competition, I kind of feel like Linda, Linda Gilmore does that anyways here in Victoria. If it's not every year, then mm-hmm. maybe I could talk to her about, you know, expanding and, and, and moving on to that. Uh, I don't want to step on any toes, I don't think it would be. I think, yeah. I think, well, because, I mean, in Canada, we have a hard enough time finding competitions um, 
on a regular basis anyways. Like, cause the main one, I mean, it's once a year, right? Yeah. And that's a long time to wait if, if you don't really travel very far away from just BC or yeah. even the West coast. Right. Uh, so you may only do two to three competitions a year, which is probably fine from, for most individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I would be perfectly happy with that. Yeah. But uh, if you're the kind of person who will do up to like 10 competitions in a year, which, uh, you know, probably many people do. Yeah. I know a few who do. Um, then, I mean, that's, it's, you know, on the island at least, there's really only, I guess that really would be only the only one, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, would the island's op- not I would be open place. to it. I'd be open to it. Is this a big enough venue to host this? a kettlebell competition? Oh, yeah. Plenty. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, I think so. I think it kind of depends on yeah. who's going to be there. But um, I think even the one that's being held in North Vancouver this coming uh, this next weekend, I don't think it's I don't think it's really much bigger than this place. Okay. So good to know. Yeah, I mean, even just our in-house one at the studio that I used to be at, um, it's about twelve hundred square feet, and we were packed in there. It just makes so, it, it, and it was just, you it get was better just, energy you know, that way. <laughs> it was just, it was good. It was just like our people though. So imagine like having other people down. Mm-hmm. Um, some people came up from BDHQ, um, cause I think they're craving some competition. Their coach is not coaching there anymore. Yeah. Do, do you, can you so, fill me in on that? Uh, I don't know anything about I that. I don't really know Give me much some juicy about stuff. it. Yeah. Juicy Give stuff. me some controversial <laughs> content. Um, uh, their kettlebell sport coach uh, now has two children, from what I understand. And illegitimate or legitimate? Illegitimate oh, with his okay. wife. I thought this was going somewhere. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. Um, so I think it was kind of those one of those things where I don't want to say real job, but uh, needed something that was more secure okay. in terms of a career. Um, I mean, I haven't talked to him about what you know. He makes, you make your choice of whatever you want to do. Training is recession proof though. Yeah, right. Just about. (laughs) Uh, I wish. Um, But, um, yeah, it's the first thing to go usually. Um, But um, anyway, so he's not training there anymore. And he hasn't been for almost a year. I think he slowly was stepping away. Oh. Um, Yeah, so he, I think, just worked there one day a week and just did the sport class and now... Now they're looking for a trainer there that does sports style. And that's all I know. And you're not going <laughs> to fill in? Um, yeah. Well, they did contact me a while back, but the, uh, it's just too much. Um, traveling back and forth from Colwood to Victoria, it's big. No, it's only 20 minutes. But um, I do, I, I, I have classes six days a week, so it's just, right. you know, for me to make time, making time for me in my own training is very important. Um, and I'm very conscious of scheduling that time in, and I, I'm learning not to s- take on too much. Um, I have a very hard time saying no, and uh, yeah, so I want to make sure that I'm prior to prioritizing my own training as well. Mm-hmm. Did you have to learn that the hard way? Um, there have been times, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, nothing major or anything, but in times where I'm like, it's been a month, and I've, you know trained myself twice right right or like you're like i'm i will wake up at 4 a.m to train someone else but i won't wake up at 4 a.m to train myself um so you know some of those sleep kind is, of like sleep is training right 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 i know 
Sleep is huge. And it's, it's, that's, it's, it's that's hard to weigh the value. That's probably sleep and training. It's probably the biggest thing I'm missing in my life, and the thing that's the most out of balance is my sleep. But I know we'll get there someday. It's probably just <laughs> just the you know well, nature to, of the business. Here's to wishing and hoping. Yeah. All right. Um, now you're uh, you're a big fan of um, getting uh, getting your pump on. Oh yeah. Right. I like to lift weights. You're a little yeah. a little old school in that <laughs> yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, so this is kind of an interesting area because now uh, Mike Sherman is has uh, I've read I've read this he posted on someone's uh, feed on Facebook because we're all on Facebook everything happens on yeah. Facebook uh, that he said that uh, bodybuilding is going to ruin your uh, kettlebell sport game. Mm, did not read that. Yeah. Um, thoughts. Okay. Um, well, may, uh, <laughs> do you want me to tell you the let's thoughts? Let's be, let's be, uh, we'll, we'll categorically hit this. So, I mean, so what's, you know, what's, what's true about that? What's false about that? What, you know, what do you think? And what Look is, at it from both sides. And what is the definition of bodybuilding? Like anytime you're training yourself to build muscle, you're building a body. I mean, any sort of fitness, like you're building a body. Hypertrophy specific training okay. in, in, in the golden era bodybuilding sense. Yeah. I like muscle um (laughs) um yeah i mean i could see that um i just like the variety like i love kettlebells i could probably snatch every day would that be good for my body no i like the balance that it brings um both mentally and physically um do i specifically just train to build muscle no i i like training for strength um so do I do bicep curls? Yeah, sometimes. But that's not something that I do regularly. Um, you know, I do pull-ups and push-ups and bench and deadlifts and back squats and front squats. I like them. I like lifting heavy things. I like to see the progress of, you know, getting stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, does that change my body to look like I'm bodybuilding? Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I'm going to be build, building muscle. Does that take away from my kettlebell game? It takes away from time that I could be just spending on kettlebells, but it does make me stronger. It does, you know, balance out the front and the back of my body. Um, you know, I don't know. That's, I guess. Well, and we can look back historically on this, and, and uh, even in the time of the golden era of bodybuilding, uh athletic coaches would say, don't lift weights. It'll make you slow. And we learned that it made you faster. Yeah. At least in, in, in a lot of cases, um, like a running back, you know, they got faster when they trained for strength. Well, the more muscle you have, the more power you're going to have. And, and that's, you know, and that's that, that's the, that's the point. Um, you're going to be increased, you increase force production. Yeah. Um, but then there's also structural stuff. So, Say, for example, you have a client who's, who tends to be hypermobile. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, fixation is kind of an important thing in kettlebell sport. So what if they hit that lockout and their elbows kind of dancing all over the place because they can't keep it straight because they don't have the muscular integrity to maintain that, that elbow lock position, yeah. right? Yeah. It's Potentially, huge. it could improve yeah. their game if yeah. they put on some muscle on that arm. For sure. Right? Yeah. It's huge. 
So I think in that sense, categorically, we have to look at it and see, okay, say, and this applies to all training is what do you, what's your goal? What are you looking to do? What things can be improved by this style of training? Yeah. Right. Um, adjust, just improving your strength alone is going to improve, you know, most things across the board. Yeah. Right. Even if strength is not your sport. I mean, e even just reading about what other high-end or um, successful kettlebell athletes that are, you know, dominating the game, their their accessory work, a lot of them are doing strength stuff as well. Yeah, it's it, and that it's just the 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 basic strength and conditioning model, right? Yeah, you have your strength and you have your conditioning. Um, where where do you think it's important? And I guess we'll hit this from a kettlebell sport point of view. What things do you think you could potentially be doing wrong or it could be um, counterintuitive to your kettlebell sport game in the, in the strength, you know, in the strength model, in the strength sense? Mm. I mean, in the strength. And we can get as specific sense. or as general on um, this. As, 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 <laughs> okay. And I'll give, you an, I'll give you an example. Yeah. Um, have you ever done bench and then tried to do snatch in the next day? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Recovery. Recovery for sure, but I tend to, I've kind of, I'm learning for sure. Um, I have had coaches kind of in and out of my life, but I've m mainly coached myself. Um, and like I said, I've, I'm kind of intuitive in my training in terms of like, okay, this is feeling good, I'm gonna go with it. But I've also learned like, okay, if my priority is kettlebell sport, those sets come first. So all the strength stuff I do is accessory stuff. So I don't want my legs to be super tired before I do a jerk set or a snatch set or whatever day. So I will do my snatch or my jerk set and then I'll finish off with my squats. Um, or if I'm like, if I'm doing bench or upper body or something, it's like, okay, that's either after I've done my kettlebells or a time when I know that I have two days before my next kettlebell set so that I allow for adequate time for recovery. I mean, I think the biggest thing is back, right? Like there's a lot, you're using your back a lot. Um, so deadlifts and pull-ups, like I can really feel after a really heavy snatch set, you know, my lats and, and, mm -hmm. and my back, and I, I can just feel like the muscles there, nothing bad. Um, so am I gonna want to do a ton of pull-ups and deadlifts before I do a snatch set or the day before? No. Um, so it's just kind of, scheduling that in accordingly and making sure that you're not but then again right we our bodies adjust to volume so if you're pushing yourself to that limit it's just gonna get stronger yeah so don't, don't be afraid right? of crossing that line yeah so yeah yeah um so as you move up in the heavier bells uh and this is something i was thinking about the other day because i find that uh with the bells i work with now compared to the bells I used to work with on a regular basis, um, I do find myself sore more often, mm -hmm. right? Um, because there's a big difference. Now with kettlebells, you're not necessarily getting stronger in the sense of creating more absolute strength in your muscles, but you are accommodating yourself to training with heavier weights. And a lot of that is just positioning, speed, um, coordination, all of those things can help you move up in the bells mm -hmm. aside from just getting stronger, although that will happen as well. So now that I'm, I'm, I'm using, you know, the 26 more often, the 28 more often and doing some training with the 32s more often, um, as kind of like the bulk of my, of, of the bells that I use, 
um, you're going to run into problems where you can't really train as often as you were before. So like me doing, you know, two arm long cycle with a couple of 12s and, you know, I could do that every day. Yeah. But I, re- I wouldn't really be able to do that with 24s. Yeah. Right. Uh, and that's where you kind of have to do the math and look at the volume. You're like, oh, yeah, it's double the volume. Yeah. Right. Sure. And even though you're getting stronger, you know, systemically, your whole body in a whole body sense, maybe you can't really handle that. And your central nervous system, for sure. That, yeah. I mean, that's that fatigue is, is definitely, I mean, it is a thing. Yeah. Like, y- y- you can tell. Um, but this is where I draw a little bit from the Ice Chamber Girls and then just from programming that I've ha- got from other uh, training seminars is, like, when you're either you use that heavy bell once a week in your training and then the rest of the stuff is, you know, just a bell size or two bell sizes lower. Um for your heavy stuff just so that you can recover or with you know some other programming that, that I have it's just really short with the heavy bells but and more then, often yeah, yeah yeah so almost like gre- greasing the groove like yeah. Pavel used to talk about yeah well I, I I suppose he talked more about you know the five by five and traditional uh, barbell type lift stuff but also body weight stuff so if you're if you're learning how to do pull-ups grease that groove and do like a pull-up every day yeah yeah right um, and it's not going to be a huge hit to your central nervous system, but you'll be, you'll be uh, accommodating your central nervous system and your body to doing that on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And you do get used to those things. And it's like uh, today where I was at Linda's meet and I, and I picked up the 24 and I was like, this feels really heavy today. Yeah. <laughs> and it shouldn't feel heavy today. Um, whether or not that's my central nervous system or a matter of I'm just not training as often as I would like to be. And therefore, it doesn't feel as a familiar weight to, to me. It feels like a, a shock kind yeah. of thing. So, um, Or you had a couple days that you worked late or didn't get enough yeah. sleep or f- nutrition. or There's so many factors yeah. that go into like having that great set. I like that approach. Um, doing short stuff with the heavy bells, but often. Mm-hmm. Um, or you could do you know, a little bit, you know, some longer sets with those heavy bells, but then do all the light stuff in between. Are you finding that one works better than the other or? Um, I'm just experiencing the heavier bell training. So I'm just, you know, feeling my body for, so since Jan, well, I guess December I've been doing a little bit, but mainly January, been on a new program working with the 20. Um, so this is just me learning how my body responds to it as well. So I haven't really done the kind of jump between the both but when I was training with the 16 every competition up until um, the worlds I'd never done a 10 minute set with my competition weight until I stood on the platform because none of my programming had me do a 10 minute set like the longest I would go would be maybe eight minutes sometimes it was six but it was just like those rest periods in between it'd be like a six minute set with a 16 and you rest short period and then you pick up the 14 or a short period and then you do 12 Um, or you start with the the lighter weight and you finish a short short set with a heavier weight but um, it was only after that I went to Edmonton and I was talking to when we had that other seminar after Misty and Renee and Jen Cord was there um, and I was like well I've never done a 10 minute set until I like should we be testing every two weeks because you hear from Ice Chamber they test either on a weekly or every two weeks um, and I'm like should I be doing it that often like I never I've never done a 10 minute set until I stand up there on the platform mm-hmm. and Jen said yes and Misty or er, and Renee said me neither 
So, I mean, there's a bunch of different. I hate doing 10 minutes. Right? Like, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I know how much I push myself mentally and physically in those 10 minute sets. Um, so for me, I like the break in between. Yeah. Like, I don't like doing them a lot. I don't mind doing a 10 minute set with a lighter bell, but you know, when it gets, starts to get heavy. Um, and I would say if you have the technique to do five minutes on one arm, as long as you keep your conditioning in check, does it really matter that you take a break after that five minutes and then switch arms? No. Well, and Brittany, does I would a lot say of that. no. Yeah. 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 I mean, if on game day, you know, your conditioning is going to be where it is to do 10 minutes. Well, and just like, so I take it a lot from like half marathon training because I did a few half marathons and, you know, a lot of times you do this training and you never actually run the half marathon until the day of, but you know, you've trained to be able to push yourself that extra three kilometers that you didn't actually run in your training. It's like, I know I can do eight minutes with that. I know when I step up other on the platform, I've got all the adrenaline going and it's like, I can squeak out another minute per side. It's not a big deal, you know, and just, I like, I like to count tens. So it's just like, okay, I can count 10 or I can count five. It's like you get to that four minute time and then you just, you know, count five and then count five or mm -hmm. count 10 and you, you know, you can get there. Um, but whether or not that's just me growing as an athlete too and getting into heavier bells and it's going to be a lot different once I start to get into heavier bells and I'm going to have to be doing a lot more test sets. I don't know. That remains to be seen. Um, I just, I don't know, taking it and learning and... Is that exciting you? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm really excited to do the 20. I did a six-minute set with the 20 the other day and I was like, okay, this is like, I can actually do this. Because mm -hmm. um, there was a point where I was like, I can't even do a minute. So, um, well, you it, you go to competitions and, and, and you see a lot of people go up there and, and just and last for like six minutes. Yeah. And um, I would think that especially if uh, if let's say the previous competition you did was with the bell below and you're just kind of doing competition for the first time with the next bell up. Six minutes is, is pretty decent. It's kind of like training. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so you're at a place right now where you feel like you can kind of stand on the same platform with those other people lifting the 20? Yeah. I mean, um, I'm, not work, I'm not working on speed right now. I'm just working on making it for 10 minutes. So that's my priority. Anytime I move up in a bell size, it's like I just want to work on making it the whole 10 minutes. And then once that, that happens, then I'll work on picking up my pace. So I counted them about uh, 12 RPM right now. And hitting did a six minute set so it's like can I stand up there with those other people lifting a 20 and do 10 minutes I can see me doing that by April am I gonna get the rep numbers that they will probably not I mean it depends it depends on who I'm up with if, it, if I'm up there with like Catherine Goldbeck no um, but if I'm up there with some other people that are new with the 20 as well I think I'll be sitting fairly fairly even mm -hmm. it's my first goal is hit the 10 minutes and then is it important for you when you do a competition with a new bell, um, how important is it to, to make a good impression with that bell, so to speak? So six minutes is, is, is okay, yeah. but you, I would imagine you're not the kind of person who would be happy with debuting with the 20 yeah. in competition no. and setting it down at six minutes. No, I mean, I definitely... Because you're just not I'll, that kind of athlete. I want to be ready. And yeah. I mean, I know that that six-minute set that I did here was training. I wasn't 
pushing myself to the max. So if I had to pull out a few more reps, yeah, I could. Um, but the, my very first thing, it's not about what impression I'm making on people. It's or whatever, it's more like... Why? Because we're all judging you. you know uh, that, well, right? yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it should be. Um, no, my, the, my very first priority is, you know, I look at the rank and I think, okay, so what do I need to rank with this bell? And any competition I've ever gone in, you know, I remember my first competition and this is when I, where I met Christine Broadhead and she came up to me and she's like, oh my God, I saw you were on the platform with me and I was scared. And I'm like, what? I don't even know who you are. <laughs> um, and because they knew me through Body Dynamics, because I, I had gone to one of their in-house things. Um, and I was like, I don't even know who I'm competing against. Like, I have no clue. I just know this is what I need to get with this bell and that's what I'm aiming for. And that's my first priority in, well, I guess making it 10 minutes. Um, but also just like, I just look at, okay, what do I need to rank with this bell? Awesome if I come out and I win something in the end, but really that's not the priority. Do you try to hit rank in training before you compete with that bell? Well, no, because I never do a 10 minute set before I step but, on the platform. You know, ten, <laughs> 10 minutes is 10 minutes yeah. and then rank is rank. Yes. Yeah. I mean, obviously if we, I mean, you're with the 16, you're in the one eighties. Yeah. At least that's what you did last time I saw you compete. Yeah. That's well above rank. Yeah. So but that 10 was, minutes is but, 10 minutes. Is, but yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, it's true. That's true. But that was for the worlds. That was because I was told to be competitive. You want to be like right. within the 180, the 200. So I had that goal. Um, but would I have moved up to the 20 after? I think like, yeah, I mean, once I hit rank with the 16, I was like, okay, now it's time to move to the 20. And then I've taken some, oh, I've taken training with Brittany and stuff as well. Um, so... I no, don't know how to pronounce her last name, but when she came up from Ice Chamber to Victoria, we did a seminar with her, um, and she's great. But I like reading her articles and stuff, and it's just like, move up and wait when you hit this certain amount of reps. It's not like ranking, because ranking sometimes is still 30 to 50 reps off what you want to be hitting before you yeah. move up and wait. It's like, you don't want to hit the bare minimum, because a lot of times you're not ready to move up. Um, sometimes it's, it's, it's helpful when you look at some of the pros when they do a meet and they drop down in bell. So like, uh, Charlie Fernelli, um, men's professional lifter, uh, in all the events he, uh, lifted, I'm not sure how many events he lifted the 24s in, in Seattle, but he lifted 24s in Seattle, including snatch. And he was doing 200 plus snatch with the 24. Jeez. And so that kind of puts things in perspective because he's he sits around 120 snatch with the 32. Yeah. He does about 200 with the 24. So. Yeah. That kind of puts it in perspective, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of uh, 200 reps is is kind of always been the 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 barrier that not barrier but um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um. I don't know what word you're looking for. That's the rung you have That's to climb. That's the rung to. you have to climb. Um, uh, the, it, you the know, standard. if you can hit that yeah. consistently, yeah. then I would say you're definitely ready to go yeah. to the to the next bell. Yeah. So, um, when you got into fitness, I mean, was there a reason, for, like a, a personal reason for that? Um, it was well, I was fairly athletic in school. Um, I didn't really excel at any sport until I mean I was okay like I would make the team but you know I would make the team. <laughs> uh, sit on the bench in basketball and 
Um, but I always liked being active. Um, and then I got into rowing in grade 10 and uh, just scraped onto the team as a spare. Um, and then that's where I excelled and I found a passion in as well. And then after probably like grade 12 year, it started to be like friends and parties and all of those <laughs> other distractions in my life that were fun at the time. And I guess it's something that I needed at that point to bring me back to where I am now. Um, so it was a big like five to, I don't know, eight years of living that lifestyle, which, you know, I'd go to the gym every once in a while. You go through that phase of like, oh, I need to go to the gym. And you go to the gym for like three weeks and then you'd not go again for another year. Um, and there was just kind of like one of those like wake up calls of like, I need to start getting back to what I enjoy doing. And, you know, I always enjoyed being active. And then that's when I was like, okay, I need a personal trainer because I know that I'm like, I keep falling off that same wagon. Like, um, and then that's where it just kind of led into like, well, I want to learn this for myself. And then, yeah, that's kind of where, where it went. Mm -hmm. Um, but now your life's pretty much all about fitness yeah. and training it's all i do yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much In spare time i'm just reading articles about fitness and then so are that. you like a different person now tell me what a typical workout was like for for the the carissa that was like went to the gym like once a year um what would you do elliptical for 45 minutes and solid choice i would probably lift a little bit of weight for maybe 20 minutes i'd probably do some like one arm rows and uh tricep kickbacks and so and that couldn't be a starker contrast from yeah. what you do now yeah right so what clicked um i don't know and what and what there was something else that was driving you then as compared yeah. to what drives you now yeah explain that i think i think it was i think it was a feeling and it was also body wise just being like oh my god i'm gaining weight <laughs> and i feel lazy and i feel tired Mm -hmm. um, that was big. Like I felt really tired and lazy and fat. Did you feel <laughs> like you didn't have control of it? Um, of your body, of your weight, of how you felt? Yeah, a bit. I, I think mean, that's a common thing. Yeah, I think so. Like I felt like I, I definitely felt like I needed someone outside to help me. Um, but I didn't reach out for that. Um, yeah, and I don't know, I just, then, then when I started to get into a regular routine, and it was weird because it was around the same time that Adam started to go to the gym too, and it would just be like, sometimes he'd be like, I'm going to the gym, and I'm like, I don't want to go. But just having that <laughs> other person driving with you, right? then you're like, ah, the whole way there, like pissed off, and then you get there and you start doing your workout, and like the music's good, and you start getting those endorphins, and you get a good sweat on, and yeah, and then it just kind of like, it just feels good and I'm, I, I'm always chasing a feeling and that's what I feel like in kettlebell sports too. Like, like my set, like even at the Worlds, like it felt like shit. I got a decent number. Like the result, they still hit in the 180s. It was a decent number, but it felt like shit. And I, I would rather, like I'm chasing that feeling like that, those endorphins that it's just like, this feels amazing more than just hitting a number too, right? I don't know if that's how you find your training. Like, you know, you I have know those bad mean. days, but you have those days where you're just like, everything's just powerful up. and you're just like, oh, and you're ready to take on the world and you're like, I can do anything. Um, so that's, that's what I train for. I like that. It's good. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, usually when that happens, then I go and do the extra set of squats and blow my back out. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah um, but I mean, the real, up to that point, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. up to that point, it's great. Um, 
Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I, I definitely live a different lifestyle than I did. Uh, it was gradual, um, the transition between where I am now and what I was like, you know, 2000, I think 2008, 2009 is when I started to make those changes. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I love it. It's just part of my everyday life now. I can't see it not being a part of my life. And um, could you, would you still be doing kettlebells if you weren't competing? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love training with them, but uh, yeah, that's a hard question. No, I, I would definitely, I don't know if I would get bored with them if I wasn't competing with them. Right. As much as you're like, you're just doing the same two movements or whatever, which I actually I'm only doing the same one movement, <laughs> only snatching. Um, that's what I've been focusing on for the past almost year, I guess. Um, I feel like I might get bored of them if I was just using them as a workout tool. Mm-hmm. So I like the sport. Well, I, there'd like, be no... I like to have that goal. I, I mean, you said that um, you're, you want to get stronger. You're interested yeah. in getting stronger. That's one mm-hmm. of the things that you like to do. Mm-hmm. And so there's always the next bell. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of always driving you. But yeah, it's it can uh, beyond, uh, you know, competing with a 32. Yeah. There's, you know, I, I, I prefer snatching the 24. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, because it, it, it doesn't take as much out of you. Yeah. Um, and if you don't really have a um, arena to, you know, quote unquote, pro- prove yourself. Yeah. Then I don't know. Maybe the magic's lost a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. It's always about improving and progressing. And I think also getting yourself out of your comfort zone and doing things that you wouldn't even believe that you could do, which is cool. You know, where it's like, you know, you look back and I don't know, whatever your squat weight was like, oh my God, I remember when I was bench pressing the bar, or just squatting mm-hmm. with the bar and that was enough. And then you're, I don't know, it's, it's, you know, it keeps me motivated. For sure, to be like, okay, I would never expect that I could hit in the 180s with the 16-kilogram bell. Or, you know, be moving up to the 20 and, like, thinking about the 24. Could everyone use a little bit of that that in their life? I think so. I mean, I think it transfers over to every aspect of your life, you know? like. What about those people who say, oh, I'm not competitive? uh, Yeah, I know. (laughs) I don't know those people. Uh, um, I can't relate. I mean, they tend, <laughs> they tend to be competitive in other areas of their life, don't you think? Maybe. Yeah, maybe? I mean, okay, so let's, um, yeah. I mean, I know people that won't necessarily compete in athletics, but will be competitive in other ways right. with themselves or job or whatever, whatever is like the next promotion. The next um, promotion. Um, but I, I, I don't, don't know. know what that is. I don't know what that is. What? <laughs> Never had one. <laughs> <laughs> You're promoted. Um, <laughs> how, does that, how does that feel? I don't think it works that no, okay. way. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, like I was saying, I feel like it translates over to every aspect of your life because, you know, there's a lot of people sitting in jobs that they hate, but they're just doing it. And you're just kind of like treading water through mm-hmm. life without really having an end goal or you know the next thing to shoot for i would just imagine it'd be pretty boring existence just to kind of wake up go to work come home eat dinner and go to bed just i, I want i it want it's pretty normal i it, i know but the, there's still those things that are outside of that you know that we can aim for that um i don't know i 
Yeah. I don't know what I'm trying to say. What pisses you off about <laughs> fitness culture? Oh. Um, there's just so many, I, mean, I guess the science, the, the lack of science behind um, magazine articles and, you know. Oh, magazine art. Oh, this is good. What's, uh, do you ever read the magazines? Oh, not anymore. So we're talking about I mean, like I mean, that's the health magazines. That's the reason why when I, fir- the Carissa back in the day when she got back into the gym was just on the elliptical for 45 minutes. It's because of those magazine articles mm. that had me believe like that's the best way to get in shape and lose weight is like you got to go and do your cardio and you know, you don't want to lift heavy weights because you're going to look like a bodybuilder and get huge like a man and you know, all these things that are sold to you, so much relating to like looks, which not to mention are they completely false, but why are we just looking at fitness as a means to look better? Do you, do you mean they're dishonest, those images? Yes, yes. There, there's some, some other enhancing. For sure, right, yeah. Variables yeah, in there. And dehydrated I mean and you hear uh, now people are speaking out a lot more like especially with social media you you hear from people that are like I was a fitness model and I looked like that for two hours <laughs> you know like I, I don't walk around looking like that or I mm-hmm. you know I looked like that for two days two days out of the year or, you know you hear Ronda Rousey like I sit at 135 you know three times a year just before weigh-in like um, it's not reality. Um, we are we are marketed these images as like, okay, this is what you can have and you can uh, attain with, you know, doing this six minute ab exercise and then um, sitting on an elliptical for 45 minutes. And then when you don't get it, you feel like, what's wrong with me? And people give up easily. And it's just that's just not what we should be preaching in fitness. It's like, think about the long term, like being able to move when you're older, being able to lift things when you're older, being having a strong core so that your back doesn't go out all the time and being able to do things for yourself when you're 75 years old and you're still mowing your lawn and you know like not in a wheelchair or not walking with a walker. It's just there's so many more reasons to focus on your fitness than trying to look like a mag- a model in a magazine that looks like that for an hour a year but a lot of us still do chase those goals per, perhaps more of us who are actually in the industry than the average client who comes in yeah who really deep down really just wants to feel better about themselves a little bit and not necessarily look exactly like that well, lady yeah, on the cover yeah. of a magazine so um i, I mean i guess so but you, I st- you still have people coming in with those goals of like so is this just something that we tell ourselves uh, so that we can be like, oh, well, that's not realistic, so you don't have to try that hard. Well, I don't and, know. And because uh, I, I've done an aesthetic show before, yeah. and it takes a lot of discipline and a lot of work, and it doesn't really reflect the kind of um, lifestyle that the average person probably wants, and really not the average lifestyle that's, you know, and it all comes back down to being sustainable, right? Yeah. Uh, it doesn't mean that you couldn't do it. Yeah. But so you see a problem with the lessons that we're trying to teach people uh, through um, marketing and media that 
you know, these people are told that they have to look a certain way. Um, do you, but from your point of view, if you have a client who comes in, you don't try to necessarily steer them away from those types of goals? No. Um, how do you, how do you approach someone who comes I mean, in who I, says they want to lose I don't want to, like, I, I don't, I don't think that it's wrong to X to have goals based on vanity. Like, I don't think that's really wrong either. People can have... I think it's probably natural. Pe yeah, people have those goals. And, and that's, I don't think that's wrong at all. And that's, I would say, comes down to most of the reasons why either people start training or want to train or keep training. Um, but I also try to really focus on with my clients is like things that their body can do now. Like, okay, let's work towards... I don't know, like your first pull-up, okay? Or like, do you remember when you came in here and you could barely do push-ups on your knees and now you're doing 20 push-ups on your toes? Like, let's focus on things that like, you are getting stronger and, or just like the confidence that you see in them outside of the gym as well. Like, tasks they're taking on that you know that they would have never done before and that maybe I didn't actually realize it related back to what we were doing in the gym but then they say to me later like you know I would have never done that before we started training together and mm -hmm. um, I think that is more rewarding and to me I don't know feels like a bigger accomplishment than I got a six-pack right I think there's there's three separate um, kind of ways to look at this and that's what what people are happy with what people are willing to settle with and then what their actual goals are yeah okay so so how how do you reconcile those three things what people are are you know i'd be happy with being 10 pounds lighter yeah. i'll settle for being five pounds lighter but yeah. my goal is to be 20 pounds lighter yeah so so if someone comes in with that uh, ambivalence where they're not kind of sure how they want to approach this problem and that is losing weight yeah are you the kind of person who's worried about pushing them too hard or not pushing them hard enough? <laughs> um, it really depends. It depends on the client. Really. Okay. Like the thing, the thing is, is like, I understand that, but I, it takes me a little while to get to know a person to either worry about either of those, those sides. Um, I would say I worry about pushing people too hard like giving them too many things to work on it at once. If that makes sense, right? Like if, you, if you're walking in the... It does, if but you're I think those are two different things. Okay. Um, what do you mean? Like pushing them physically through an, a workout that's physically hard? So or? we'll narrow the scope. Their okay. goal is to lose weight. Their goal is how to lose weight. How far are you going to take that? How far, like how much weight am I going to push them to lose? But not in the sense, we, we won't think of absolute numbers. Okay. But it's like if they can keep losing weight and if they can keep up with the training, yeah. do you keep pushing them? It's like, well, you're, you're, you're 10 pounds lighter than you were two months well, let's ago. Let's keep going. You know? Yeah. I mean, again, right? You get to know the client. If it looks like they're starting to exhibit unhealthy behaviors... <laughs> then maybe you're going to take a step back, right? Like if you, if, if someone's walking in the door and say they got to lose 20 pounds and you look at them and you're like, okay, actually, if you want to look like this person that you're describing, you actually have to maybe gain some muscle. So you might be gaining weight. So, um, trying to figure out 
the best way to. So I guess with an experienced athlete client, yeah, um, that probably doesn't isn't an issue. You can push them as hard as they want to go because they're kind of used to that. But yeah. with a new client, yeah, you do have to teach them some lessons. Yes, for and sure. And teach them yeah. what's realistic, what's yes. not realistic. Yes. And just go through the baby steps of kind of getting to that first, mm-hmm. you know, that first stepping stone on that bigger journey. Yes. I guess. I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, it is balancing out what's realistic and what's not realistic. And, you know, um, if it's someone coming in asking for something that's completely unhealthy, then I, and what I'm relaying back to them is not something that they, they're wanting. We're not going to be a good fit as trainer client so well that's another I, interesting point too. I, I'm I'm more like preaching like health like that's my first priority mental and physical health more than just like getting cut um, and then finding and, and balance and so um, someone who's wanting to come in and get super cut I might not be their trainer not that you I think? can't. Not that I can't get someone supercut, but I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I. I, I <laughs> insert commercial for. Insert. Work <laughs> it out here. <laughs> the number is. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I, I preach like a balanced and healthy lifestyle and balanced nutrition, and I've I'm not extreme. So, someone who wants extreme, we're not going to be a good fit, and someone who wants to have get a good workout, knew that, know they're doing things properly and know that they're going to get stronger and know that they are going to, you know, build muscle and become healthier and lose body fat. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, then, then I am their trainer, but yeah. Well, I think that's the culture we live in is we live in that culture of extremes and you yeah. can have someone who goes from smoking and drinking yeah. all the time to, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to come to, I'm going to do a boot camp yeah. every day yeah. for the next month although a lot of people don't think that far ahead yeah they they start with a week and they go from there yeah and then soon fall off but uh and 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 that's 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 one of those hard nuts to crack Mm -hmm. where it's like okay well you've stopped this bad habit but i can't really support doing boot camp style training every day Mm -hmm. because that's a lot Mm -hmm. of i mean it's it's strenuous yeah right and you're not gonna be able to keep it up and really if we have a goal of trying to create a healthy lifestyle and even a, a goal of say, you know, someone who is say a bodybuilder, they recognize the fact that you're going to have better success. If you, um, walk that, that, uh, if you, if you take that journey as slow as possible mm-hmm. rather than, you know, going gung ho in the beginning and then having to deal with the, um, the law of diminishing returns, okay. right? When you hit that yeah. stage where, where, what some people call plateau, and uh, your body's adjusting to all this volume, and it's like, well, you can't, you can't do eight boot camps a week. Yeah. Can you? Yeah. I suppose you could. Well, if you could find a place you, to put it in there. <laughs> but I mean, that's also we're talking into like, this is when people get injured too, right? It's like yeah. you're not giving your body enough recovery time because you've gone from zero to like a hundred, and your body is not going to be able to recover quick enough and you're going to burn out and you're going to be tired and you're going to get a shoulder injury. It's just the nature of the game. So it's slow and steady. It's, you know, okay, you haven't worked out in this many years. We're going to start with getting you in two days a week, 
you know, and let's hone in on, let's do nutrition journal. Okay, what's the, big, the biggest thing that's standing out right now? You're not eating protein for breakfast. So you're eating protein for breakfast now and <laughs> you're working out twice a week. Whereas a lot of people are just like, I want to do it all right now. And yeah. you just see those people burn out. Do you think kettlebells or kettlebell sport probably, okay, I'll narrow this down to kettlebell sport. Do you think it's conducive to avoiding that extreme approach to just going all in? Do you think it lends itself to avoiding that issue or do you think it's subject to it just as much as anything else? Um, I guess it depends on how you're, so kettlebell sport specifically, yes, because it teaches you to be patient. It definitely teaches you to be patient, and um, I, th- I mean, you try to, like, my first kettlebell competition, I thought, oh, I'm going to walk in there and do the 20, because, I, you know, I've been training high, hard style, and you realize to, like, to survive that 10-minute set, you know, you, you are going to kind of take a little hit to your ego. You have to step back a bit, and... Um, yeah, it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of practice. And then you think, okay, well, you know, the, my first competition, I used the 16. So, you know, my next competition, I should use a 20. And you realize, no, it takes years to build up to the next bill, the next bell, a lot, a bell, a lot of times. I mean, look at the people with the 24, you know, it's like people have been training for many, many years to get there. So it definitely teaches you. Or at least to be competent at that bell. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because we've seen a lot of people pick up a heavy bell yeah. and do a set and even go the full 10 minutes. Yeah. It looks a little rocky. And you can tell they're going to hurt themselves, possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Well, I mean, I've snatched the 24 like 15 times a side. It was really ugly. Uh, mm. But yeah, proficiency is, is big. Yeah. yeah. And that's, I would say for me, the thing that drives me the most, and especially for snatch, because snatch is the first love. Yeah. Um, is making that snatch look as effortless as possible. Yeah. As much sure. as possible. Yes. Um, yeah. Because I've seen, um, I've seen people go up there with the 24 and, um, and, and blow my 10 minute set numbers out of the water. But you look at it and it's like, they're in agony, yeah. but they just keep going. Yeah. Right. Um, so it's not the proficiency. It's not the technical capability. It's, they're really just, you know, they're like a mad bull just like yeah. going for it, right? And it's not when you're learning to do something well and you're learning any skill or any trade, you know. Um, you know, any, anyone can hit a, ha- hit a nail with a hammer. Yeah. You know, but not everyone can build a house. Okay. Kind of That's thing. a good analogy. So I don't want to be the guy just swinging the hammer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to create this, you know. Fluidity of movement yeah 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 and and if and if we're all going to come back to i mean that's the big thing right now in fitness culture is is movement and mobility it's so big right now um but i mean if that's something that's important to you then i think kettlebells or at least kettlebell sport is something or ballistic training in in general Mm -hmm. because it's so you react to your implement right Mm -hmm. and you're not trying to over manipulate it it lends itself to that oh for sure yeah Yeah. so like you said i think it does teach you the patience Mm -hmm. yeah so I think that's a good place to leave it. Okay, awesome. Okay, I won't, keep, I won't take any more of your time. So uh, thank you, Carissa, very much. No and uh, when's, you. your, when's your next, uh, I mean, are we going to see you in Seattle? Or not Seattle, San Francisco? No, you'll okay. see me Vancouver in April. Okay, see. Right, in, yeah. I guess that'll be in Richmond? Yeah, Again? I believe so. Okay. April 2nd, Richmond Oval. 
Yeah. Yeah. So good luck in San Francisco. <laughs> Thank you. I'll be rooting we'll see for what you. I wish I was going, but yeah. Well, I'll try to get some good, yeah. uh, some good uh, footage and uh, and other stuff, and you know. You got to represent he, Canada down there. I hear there's a Canadian. Yeah, US. there's Canada versus U.S. thing where they're doing like uh, all all different events, like long cycle, two arm long cycle, snatch, and jerk and stuff. But their bell selection is kind of weird because it's like all the in between bells. Oh up to the 18 kg so i'll be doing a, a, a 18 kg two arm long cycle oh wow and i'm not sure i think the sets are like five minutes or something but it's a point system i think i'm not exactly sure how it works steven has all the details <laughs> i'm just trusting that he knows how all this arithmetic is gonna go and you and, need an uh, unbiased judge there that's <laughs> yeah probably yeah. Awesome. yeah so we'll see how it goes and uh we'll try to you know do canada proud awesome all right. Thank you very much. No problem. Thank you.